0: The last several days we have been talking about or the theme under faith for the new creation in Christ has been a switching of systems. Will you say that? A switching Switching. of systems. Now, today, only because it's day number four and we have shared a great... uh, uh, we, We shared some great revelation of truths, Uh, not that they were somewhat deep in and of themselves, but when you hear truths that are being revealed that has been there all the time, it takes a moment to chew, receive, and act on, (laughs) especially when you are dealing with mindsets and attitudes that are incongruent With the word of God. So anytime you hear something new and you've been going a certain way for a long time, uh, it's going to take a moment for that trajectory to change. That's why the Bible declares faith comes by hearing and hearing by the spoken word of God. So I will probably do a great deal of perambulating or going to and fro over the revelation truths that we've ascertained over the last several days in order, and I'm doing this to in order, that the seeds of truth that has been inseminated into you, that they are sticking and they are sticking good in Jesus name. Amen. I, I, I wish throughout, you know, as I've been meditating over the last several days, I wish I could just inoculate or, or inject this into you against your will, and, and my God wants it in you, you start doing it automatically. But, of course, we are free moral agents. And just like we voluntarily, those who have taken the vaccination, you have to voluntarily receive <laughs> the implanted word of God. Amen. Again, the message, and I r- will reiterate this, the message of faith is probably the most exigent or meaningful message that one needs to hear after becoming a new creation in Christ. Why do I say this? Because the Bible emphatically declares that the just shall live. The just shall walk. Walk, live again in the Greek it's the same word. The just shall live. Notice your lifeline is in the faith of Jesus. Then too, Hebrews 11 and 6, if you would get that for me, declares that without faith, without God's in birth persuasion, it is impossible to gratify him. <laughs> it is impossible to be in agreement with him. So that word, please, let's read it. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. Let's stop right there. This has been taken out of context In the idea of doing or pleasing God based upon your efforts or some type of works. And I want to show you this toward the end uh, because Paul declares that we are justified apart from works. But James says that uh, you should know them by their work. So, So we need to know exactly what they're saying. So we're not living based upon our, we're not pleased. This doesn't mean pleasing God in the sense of your own effort. Are you with me? Now, let me show you the definition of this word, please, in the Greek. It literally means, uh, if I can get that definition, it, it means to please or to gratify by giving what? What is acceptable. We only please the Lord by what? Living in faith. His in persuasion. So we know right here that what pleases God is when we live by faith or his in-birth persuasion, putting our confidence in him. (laughs) That word please also means, listen now, it means to give pleasure or satisfaction or to be agreeable. To be agreeable. So you can read it like this. Without faith, it is impossible to be in agreement with God. Because we know that if we live by faith, if I'm not in faith, I'm out of agreement. And I submit to you, beloved, Satan wants your agreement. Satan is after your agreement. Agreement because if he can get you out of agreement, you will never walk in the liberty whereby Christ has set you free. Satan's mode of operation is still in effect as it was in Adam's day. What happened with Adam and Eve? He Satan got them out of agreement. I'm not even going to try to go back over that because it would take too long. When he tried to tempt Jesus in the wilderness, what was he trying to do? He was trying to get Jesus out of agreement. That's why Jesus told him, listen, man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded from the mouth of God. No, man doesn't live By bread alone, but man lives by rhema. What? God's spoken word. God's life-altering, life-changing. That's that's one of the meanings of rhema. It's God's life-changing, God's life-altering words. And what happened? Satan left him until a more opportune time. Thank you, Holy Spirit. See, here's the thing. Satan cannot touch you as long as you are in agreement. You know why he left Jesus into a more opportune time? Because Jesus was in agreement with the father. And as long as you are in agreement with the father, Satan cannot get to you. So without faith, it is impossible to what? Be in agreement with God. So we have been talking about living from our last session. We talked about living from his faith, God's in birth persuasion, his faith, talking about Jesus faith. And it is Jesus faith that makes the difference. Not your faith. We put our faith in Him. So I really want to look at Romans 117, Galatians uh, 311 and Hebrews 1038 again to establish how we should live and whose faith it is. Without faith, see, doesn't that give, doesn't that lift a burden when you realize, wait a minute. So I'm not trying to see what Jesus did, please the father. And to prove that it's not based upon your works because Jesus made you righteous. And there's nothing work wise you can do to establish your own righteousness. So, so that's a burden lifted when you realize, oh, so God's not after me. He's not after me trying to be perfect. He just wants me to get in agreement because if I'm not in, in agreement, he's not. Pl- oh, thank you for re- Pastor, I received that. No wonder nothing's been working because I've been too busy trying to do it on my own. With the, the, see, when you do that, you are out of agreement. You put yourself As Paul says to those in Galatia, back under curse. Romans 1.17. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from how? Faith to faith. As as it is written, the just shall live. How? How? By faith. faith. How shall we live? By faith. faith. Galatians 3.11. But no one is justified by the law, there, there, here it goes again, that he's not looking for your, he's not talking about your, what you do to please him. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is, is evident. For the just shall live how? By faith. Hebrews 10:38. Now, the just shall live how? By faith. Now the just live by faith, Hebrews ten thirty eight. Now are you guys in here? Yes, All right, let me hear your voice. Now the just live by faith. faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. So when we draw back, there's no pleasure in God because I listen. I, he's not gratified, nor is he satisfied, nor am I in agreement. Why? Because when you draw back, I have now gotten out of agreement because I am no longer believing in him. That's why you understand when we get to Hebrews 10, 38, you have to hold fast to your agreement. See see how this falls into line? Now, Habakkuk 2 4, and this again is the particular verse that I believe where a lot of believers uh, have got the assumption that the just should live by his faith, being that our individual faith. Whether it was taught uh, that way, Purposefully or unintentional. We at no point. Old covenant knew Were to ever be dependent on our own faith. We have always. As God's children were to be dependent on the father. So, so without going through a whole lot of context, please go back over the last. The videos are still up on social media. But we know by now, those who, who've been here these last several days, that Habakkuk was upset, distraught, perplexed, bewildered by his surroundings of the wickedness that was going on around him. So he petitioned or he goes to God, he asked God questions. Again, there is no sin in asking God questions. Whether or not you like the response is between you and him. But you can ask the father questions. And I submit to you, many have not because they ask. not. So, but let's look at it. Look at the proud one. His soul is not right within him. But the righteous will live by his faith in the true God. So, now, his soul is a symbolic reference of Babylonia and the nation that become proud and puffed up. And as a result, they were unrighteous and they were facing God's judgment. But in contrast, what he's saying is that uh, the proud trust in himself, but the righteous live by his faith. Talking about the faith of God, not faith in him or herself. And again, if this scripture is to be properly exegeted, someone who is skilled in hermeneutics, you would arrive at the same conclusion that this passage right here is making reference to having faith in God, not the individual living by his faith in the sense that many of us have been made to believe. When you rely on self-effort, you're prideful. He lets us know right here. That's what the proud does. That's why by grace you have been saved through faith. Not that anyone should boast. See, when you try to do things on your own, you're being prideful. You're being boastful. Because now you get the glory, you get the credit, and it takes the attention off of the Father. And it is when we live from him and he evidences our life of faith. That, beloved, is what makes the difference. That is what causes the person outside of the covenant want to come into relationship because they knew that even though uh, 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 they may think they're better, they may have more skill or whatever, when they see the evidence, That which cannot be explained, nor can it be denied. They have to know, hey, arrive at the conclusion there has to be a God in heaven. So there in Hebrews, Habakkuk 2, 4, we know that the righteous there uh, shall live by his faith, being faith in the true God, as Amplified says it. Now, Hebrews 10:23. Again, the author is right in here. Now, in Romans 1:17, Galatians 3:11, and here in Hebrews, go back and once you study the epistles, these epistles, you will discover that one, the main purposes of Paul sharing these particular letters to those individuals. Because all of the, in all three letters, these individuals were struggling or they were vacillating between Judaism and their newfound faith in Christ. Because there were those who were constantly telling them, you are not going to be accepted unless you first become a Jew by living according to the old covenant. Which was a justification By works, being keeping, if I keep what God has demanded, if I keep these uh, uh, demands, then I would be justified. If I keep these, I have enough faith in God that if I do this, then God would accept me. But Christ was the completion of the old covenant. So he's writing to emphasize the superiority of Christ over the old covenant. He tells the, the writer... And many have been given uh, authorship for for Hebrews, whoever you want to choose, Paul, Luke, whichever one you want to be the author. We know that the author is letting them know that Jesus is supreme and superior. He is the supreme and superior mediator, the sinless high priest. And there is no longer a need for repeated sacrifices because Jesus is the one and only sacrifice. In other words, Jesus' sacrifice provides all who believe in him access to the Father. And it is having faith in him that leads believers into God's rest. Why? Look, look, look. Because, look, look. look, The burden is no longer on you. He took it for you. That's why he says, come unto me all you are heavy laden burden for my yoke is easy. And what I asked of you is light. My burden is light. Are you here? So he says, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without ravering. For he is faithful that promised. So in between the manifestation of the promises, hold fast. Why? Because he is faithful. Holding fast is remaining in agreement. What? No matter how things look, even if they look to begin to go in reverse, you keep saying the same thing. Thing That God has said that's what he means by holding fast. Do not change your profession no matter how things appear while you are waiting for the manifestation. Why because he is faithful. That word profession you should know it by heart. You should be able to regurgitate this. Without fail. It's a Greek word homologia. It means the same together. To speak to a conclusion. To lay the rest. Are you laying things the rest? How do you lay it the rest? You say the same thing about that situation or circumstances that God has said. Again, Satan is after your agreement. Jesus tells us that man shall live. By every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, from the mouth of God. So we, ah, thank you, Father. When Satan hears us, we should sound like God. Hey, it's going, it's going, it's going, it's going. Why? Because that's how I live. So when circumstances heal you, they should sound like the Father when you open your mouth. Why? Because that's how we live, by every word. So the words, if they're the Father's words, and I'm repeating his words, then I should sound like the father. Why? Because his words are spirit and they are life. And they give life to dead situations. So, holding fast to your profession is saying the same thing that God is saying. I'm going to repeat it. Throughout this message, Satan wants your agreement. He wants your harmony. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. It's fixed. Settle. It's not moving. Nor is it changing. The way we see, it's already settled. In heaven the way it gets settled in the earth is when we proclaim in the earth what has already been settled in heaven that's why whatever oh, go to Matthew 18 I think it is let me show you something totally off course but right in line with Holy Spirit 18, 18, and 19, perhaps. This is good to me. Or surely, I say to you, whatever you tie, literally tie up on the earth, will be what? Bound in heaven. That's why by your words, you are condemned, and by your words, you are freed. Come on, Pastor. And whatever you loose on earth are literally in the Greek it, that word loose to declare illegal or unlawful. Come on, so whatever you declare illegal. Or unlawful in the earth, it's gonna be declared illegal or unlawful in heaven. So when things try to come against you, that's what do you mean illegal or unlawful? Anything that tries to come against you or happen to you that God has not declared. So when sickness tries to attach itself to you, sickness has become illegal. So when poverty tries to take up residence in your home, poverty has become illegal. Come on. illegal. Again, I say that if two of you on earth, what? Agree. Symphonio in the Greek, from which we get our English word, symphony, symphony, harmony. So that if two of you are in harmony... On earth, <laughs> concerning anything that has, it will be done. You know why it will be done? Because we are in harmony. And Satan is just not after you and the father's agreement. He don't want you to agree with anyone. Why? Because when you come into agreement, heaven moves on your behalf. Homologia can refer to, and this is the portion I like because it takes away the idea of believers trying to say you're practicing antinomianism. And that's when uh, people just kind of live without any morality. And they think you can live any kind of way. That, nobody's never said that. Because when you are in agreement, you're going to love what God loves and hate what he hates. That's what that definition means, also. Look at it. Can refer to the collective agreement of Christians about what God loves and hates, and they have the courage, the conviction to proclaim it and live it out. Now, we just seen in Romans 1:17, Galatians three eleven, Hebrews 10:38, that the just shall live how? By faith. Now let's look at that word faith in the Greek. It's the Greek word pistis. It's the Greek word pistis. This is the working de- de- definition, get your lean in your Bible, your Strong's concordance, vines, whatever you're using, and this is what you should find. Who's with me? Amen. See, watch, watch this. See, that ego and pride is so used to doing things his or her way that we don't want to release and let go and let God. Still trying to do it yourself. That's why you will forever come up short trying to do it yourselves. I'm just throw this in. And I submit to you, that's where we get the spirit of competition and intimidation in the body of Christ. Because there's no way... A man of God, a woman of God, can be envious, covetous. Watch this. Intimidated by another woman or man of God, when you're living from the faith of Jesus. See that that pride and intimidation comes from. See, see, see. What's it? See, here's what comes. See, I look at you, and because I'm living out of agreement, I feel intimidated. I feel threatened because I've been trying to get where you are for so long, and you I've been doing this longer than you, and I'm still not there, so I'm frustrated, and I can't celebrate you. Why? Because you're living based on your own performances. And I submit to you, when you get to that place where you trust God's effort and not yours, you'll begin to celebrate other men other women, and see if your house don't blossom. Just a nugget, not even charging you for that, nor any other portion of this message. But if you want to bless the preacher because of the revelation, you may do so. That word pistis for the believer, it is. Now, this is Bible faith it is Bible faith is God's divine persuasion and notice it says and therefore distinct from human behavior or confidence yet involving it. okay so you're saying God's faith is different from mine but my faith is involved. What do you mean preacher? your faith comes into play by placing those convictions, those persuasions back in the hands of the Father. You heard it, I believe it, and now, Father, I believe what you're saying, and that consummates the agreement. What? When you say what he said, when you place your confidence in him. Notice it says, the Lord continually births faith in the yielded, see, the yielded believer, so they can know what he perverts. See, you got to yield to this. See, you know what stands in the way of you yielding ego, pride. Self-righteousness. For the, faith for the believer is always in, a gift from who? God and never something that can be produced by the people. Faith is God's divine persuasion. That's what it means. This is the Greek definition. Pistis is always received from God and never generated by us. So this type of faith, pistis, is a faith that comes from the Father. Pistis is God's in-birth persuasion. And we've seen this type of faith. I mean, and we've seen who granted us this faith. And, or I ask the question whether if God is granting this type of faith, then whose faith is it? F- whose faith is it? And we've seen this in Romans 12 and 3. Romans 12 and 3. I'm just going to read and keep going. God has given me a special gift, and that is why I have something to say to each of you. Don't think you are better than you really are. You must see yourself just as you are. Decide what you are by the faith God, by the faith God has given each of us. Again, if you are a student of the King James or or New King James, whichever translation you like, he dealt us a measure, d measure, a measure, d measure. This is the point that Paul is saying. On, However, you got the measure. On, it was the Father who imbedded the persuasion yeah. in you. Yeah. Again, at the time of conviction, your measure may be different than my measure, but whatever measure you need at that moment, yeah. Father, we're it in you then it is your responsibility to act or move or yield to his persuasion. See, we get hooked on D. That's not the point. The point is God gives you whatever measure you need. Well, how do you say that? To prove that he is not, he's a God, he's not a God of partiality. So he doesn't sow favoritism. So you may not need as much as I need, but he gives you the amount that you need for you. So we've seen that. So, one, we see that this faith comes from God. Hebrews, we see it in the Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Matter of fact, just let me do two. two. Go back and look at one. Hebrews 12 and 2. Looking unto Jesus, ha, the author, the progenitor. The, oh my goodness, are you with me? He is the leader. He is the pioneer. He is the originator, the forerunner of your faith. Jesus is. So we have to look unto Jesus who is the author and finisher of your faith. Who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the same and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher. Here's another translation, just for your hearing, that brings greater clarity. Hebrews 12, 2, TPT. We look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us. And who leads us forward into ah, faith's perfection. Are you saying God is perfect? He leads us into perfection or into completion or into consummation when you agree with the in-birth persuasion. See, watch this. Faith only comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It only comes by hearing and hearing by the spoken word. It only comes by hearing and hearing. See, it it only comes by hearing and hearing by the spoken word. But it goes when what you speak comes into agreement with the Father. Hold on. See, you can hear it all day. Yeah. And James says, man, you just deceive yourself when you hear only. As a matter of fact, we need to be uh, uh, more proper when we it, we need to quote that whole verse because most people say faith comes by hearing. No, that's not, that's inaccurate. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the spoken word. Come on, Notice. You're just gathering it. You're just being persuaded. See, uh, that's why you can hear most Christians, they, they, they can speak the word. Yeah, yeah. But see, it's not until you begin to say back to God, though, that Jesus finishes it. See, he, he wants you more than just talking it. He wants you to say what you And I submit to you, most, they'll say it, but they don't do it because they have been moved by what they see, and they're speaking what they see rather than what he says. Ah, Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. notice it. he's the author and finisher, finisher that again, that word in the Greek, it means to be a perfecter, a completer, someone who consummates or bring a process to finish. It means to complete an agreement or an arrangement. The author and finisher, Jesus is the author and finisher. Of God's in-birth persuasion. Let me say this. Watch this. When you and I agree by adding our confidence in the faith to Jesus as the mediator between God and man, as I said the other day, then he goes to the father and says, she agree. Then guess what? Then the father, if I can speak on his behalf, then the father says, Well, since she agreed, so let it be unto her the arrangement, the agreement that I have said. Again, that's why John, we, we see it the other day, 514. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if I ask anything according to his will, what? He hears me. Notice if I Ask. That that word can also be translated, or one of the meanings of that word is to demand with one's authority. Did you hear me? See, when when you know the word, it's, it's not like... Like demanding like, Lord, you know, it's demanding with authority because you know your rights as a citizen of God's government. So you say this thing with authority and whatever that thing is has to move because you are in agreement with heaven. If we ask anything on his word. we know he hears us. And since we know he hears us, we what? Have. Ah, oh, okay. Then, not we seen. oh, no, no. Then I took you to 11. I took you to Hebrews 11 and 1. And here's another scripture that we've assumed that was ours. Your faith, beloved. Is not the substance. God's faith is the substance. You place your faith in the substance, but it is His faith that's the substance. Let's look at it. Well, if you don't believe that, just if you keep reading in chapter 11, you get into the later chapters. He tells you about the faith of the patriarchs of old and how they were strong and had a good testimony, but they did not receive the promise. Why? Because God having provided something better for us and that better portion was Jesus. And watch this. The, the, The faith that they had our faith in Christ brings validity or validation to the faith that they were waiting on so, so 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 when the patriarchs of old see us walking in the faith of Jesus it consummates what they were believing that yeah if it worked for them then we know we're good are you here watch this Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Let me back up. Go, so, so just go, Hebrews 11, go around the, the letter post, things, verse 39, 40. Watch this now. This is what I'm saying. Our faith is the perfection of what they did not receive. So after... The writer, the author of Hebrews goes through all of this, this litany of proving the validity of Jesus, how he is superior. Watch this now. We get to 11, chapter 11, and he says, now. Faith. Faith. I know we've been taught like now faith. Faith is always is and always now now is and is not if not your faith, sir, his faith. Faith always is. Well, if we're talking about God, yeah, because we know how our faith can be in ourselves. So 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 so, so that, that's like it, it's like giving someone this long speech. Then you get to the end saying now. And I can imagine he was talking like I'm talking in this monotone voice. Now, faith, beloved, is the substance in things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We know that faith, pistis, is what? God's in-birth persuasion. Now, beloved, God's in-birth persuasion is the substance. Now, what did that word substance mean? Did I give you the definition? I'm not sure. Uh, it's the Greek word hypostasis, Yeah, it means to be under or to stand. Standing under a guaranteed agreement. It's a title to a promise or property. That is a legitimate claim because it literally is under a legal standing. God's word is literally under a legal standing, entitling someone to what is guaranteed under this agreement. So uh, you hear me say it all the time, if you can find it in his agreement, in his word, he has to make good on his word. Notice, for the, look it up, uh, uh, strong 5287. For the believer, hypostasis is what? The Lord's guarantee. Hey, you Wait. Thank you, Lord. Wait, hold on. Now, pistons, God's in-birth persuasion is the title. His word is the guarantee. How do we know? Because it tells us it's standing under an agreement. Are you here? Yeah, His word is like this: when he says it, you can stand on it. On. It's solid. You can rest assured that it, it, it's good as gold. Thank you, That's why I mentioned you the other day. After having done all, Come on. stand. Come on, Come on, Hold Pastor. fast yes, to your profession of faith. To, to your agreement, why? Because the one who promised is bound by a legal document, and if he doesn't come through. We can hold him to it. Yes, Thank you. But you never have to worry about that. Why? Because he is faithful. Thank you. Thank you. So when Thank you. we looked at again, now God's in-birth persuasion is the substance. The title deed. Or the guarantee. Are you hearing me? Yes, sir. My faith. Isn't the guaranteer. My faith in him is what guarantees. Well, no, it's guaranteed, whether you believe it or not. but my faith in him brings the, guarantee, the thing guaranteed to manifestation. Now, if we see this what gets me? if, if we will study and just quit reading, He's coming up with some new stuff that you, you, you're telling an untruth. Revelation is not something new. Revelation is something that has been disclosed or revealed to you that's been there all of the time. It's not new. It may be new to you when you get it, but it's not, nothing. It's not anything new. This almost 3,000 years old. But one of the problems has been, again, we just keep repeating what was taught 30 years ago, and nobody never it stops to ask, wait a minute, there has to be greater truths in this one passage of Scripture if we all, if nobody goes beyond how it was taught 25, 10 years ago. So God's in-birth persuasion what? Is it? Watch, his word is the evidence, the substance, the title, his in-birth. Watch this, and since it's a binding agreement, once you come into agreement with it, he has to make good on it. See, our problem being, thank you, Holy Spirit, people have been approaching situations without the title. They have been trying to lay hold of things. They have been trying to acquire things as their own possession, but they've been going at it without the title, without any evidence or substance. Why? Because they've been trying to do it on their own and not trust in God's in-birth persuasion. Uh-huh. <sighs> oh, boy. Then we went to Galatians 2. Now, we're still on whose faith it is. And please, just for the second time, please go back and look at Friday's video. I'm not going to go through all the context of why Paul was writing those at Galatians. But I will say one thing. One of the things he did note is that uh, uh where are we at? One of the things he did state is that justification by faith is what actually makes it possible for the believer to live in God's rest. Watch this when you release your effort and trust in him but but let's start at verse Galatians 2 16, ERV. But we know that no one is made right with God by what? Following the law. It is trusting in Jesus. What? Trusting, having confidence, having faith in Jesus that makes a person what? Right with God. So that excludes works right there. Uh, um, so we have put our faith in Jesus Christ because we want it to be made right with, with God. And we are right with him because we what? Trusted in him, not anything of your own doing. Not because we follow the law. I can say this because no one has been made right with God by following the law, being that trusted in their own efforts, or a system that has the inability to save you based upon your efforts only, or that system only. Uh, verse 17, when uh, we Jews came to Christ to be made right with God, so it is clear that we were sinners too. So he was saying, man, under the new covenant, we had to, no, 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 no. We, had, we became right by what Jesus did, not by what we, not by trying to keep, the demands of the old covenant. Does this mean that Christ makes us sinners? Of course not. But verse 18. But if I would, but I would be wrong to begin teaching again, those things I gave up. I'll be wrong to go back to trying to tell you your faith. You can do this. No, no. It's my faith in him. Verse 19. It was the law except that caused me to end my life under the law. I died to the law so that I could live to Christ. I have been nailed to the... Cr- Notice, he said, man, the more I tried to live according to the law, man, it made it showed me just how, how sinful I really was. Why? Because I never measured up. up. Okay. Verse 20, so I'm not the one living now. It is Christ living in me. So if he's living in you, whose faith is it? I still live in my body. But I live by the faith of the Son of God. He is the one who loved and gave himself for me. Verse 21, I am not the only one destroying the meaning of God's grace. I am not the one destroying the meaning of God's grace. Pastor Rex is not the one destroying the meaning of God's grace. No, if following the law is how people are made right with God, Pastor Rex is saying, just as Apostle Paul is saying, then Christ died in vain. <laughs> then, 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 then we went to John six forty four, and I just make reference to it. Again, we live from His faith. No one can come to the Father unless the Father who sent Him what draws Him, giving Him the desire to come to Him, and He will raise, I will raise Him up from the dead on the last day. Again, God does the drawing and we who are drawn must resign or yield to the process. So, and I mentioned the other day, he does, he does has to do the drawing because if he didn't draw, man on his own wouldn't, in his sinful state, wouldn't come to God. Why? Because it is enmity. It is hostile toward God. Now, let me close with this. Um, in James... But I want to read some other verses first. But James particularly, uh, in James chapter 2, particularly verses 14 through 26, is often taken out of context in an attempt to create a work-based system of, of righteousness. A works, excuse me, based system of righteousness, which is contrary to Scripture. Okay? So... When James talks about uh, faith without works is dead, he's not talking about w- the, it, the believer trying to establish a righteousness before God based upon what they do. That is not what he is saying. First, let's go to Ephesians 2 and 8. Verse, verse 2 and 8. Because I remember when I talked this uh, last year. You know, someone that made a comment, well, you you know, faith without works is dead. Of course, I had to explain to them, too, what the verse was actually saying. But many of us believe that, you know, we got to, you know, we got to go up through all of these performances to be justified before God. You can't pray enough to be right before God. You can't dress a certain way enough to be right before God. You can't. Fast uh, enough to be right before God. All those things are good. Dressing properly, fasting, praying, all those things are good. You, you can't study the Word enough to be uh, uh, righteous before God. You are made righteous by virtue of Jesus, yes, thank you. Hallelujah. not by what you do. Thank you, Lord. And understanding that what cause you want to do right. What do you mean? Live Amen. in agreement with the Father. Yes. Amen. For by grace you have been saved through. Faith, King James version. If, if you have it, it's fine. Watch this. For by grace you have been saved, how? Through faith. Through faith, and not that of yourselves. Verse nine. Not of works, guys. See again when you when you get the credit, you're boasting. When you take the claim, when you get the glory, see, being prideful, it's not by works. Let's see. So, 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 in other words, if you if if you are proclaiming that you did this, you're boasting. In you, when we should be boasting in the Lord, Romans three twenty-eight, Amplify. And see, this is one of the verses where they they think Paul and James are at odds. But no, Paul and James are actually in agreement with one another. Let me show you. For we maintain that an individual is justified how? By faith distinctly apart from the works of the law. Are you here? The observance of which has nothing to do with justification. So your works has nothing to do, your own effort has nothing to do with justification. Uh, being justified. That's why I just said you can do all these other things. There are good, but that is not why you are justified. Because that means I would have to pray just as much as you, fast just as much as you to be right before God. And that's not how it works. Okay, now Romans 4 and 5. And we are bringing this thing in. So fashion your seatbelts. Put your tape tables up, yeah. tray tables up. Yeah. Uh, and what else do? What, what else do you say? Uh, uh, yes, yeah. sit up straight. But people cannot do, listen to this, the, then the reason why I want to show you these is because once we get to James, you can say, oh, okay, so they, they, they can't be contradicted. And the word does not contradict itself. It's, it's misinterpretation that causes contradiction. But people cannot do any work that would make them right with God. We can stop right there and go home. So they must trust him. Then he accepts their faith. Why? Because they have placed it in him. And that what makes them right with him. When you place your trust in him, that's what makes you right. And God sees you holy, blameless, and above reproach with all of your crooked ways. Why? Because your faith in him has made you right. And it is trusting in that. That would cause you to no longer walk in all of your wicked ways, or crooked, or whatever I said. Are you with me? See, again, religion, what I mean by religion, trying to establish a rightness or righteousness based upon what you do, fights this because there's something about being taught that doing a bunch of works is what makes you right before God. That is not what the Bible teaches so they must trust him, then he accepts their faith and makes them right with him. He is the one who makes even even a little. He is the one who makes even evil people right. So you put you, you, you kind of got indignant when I said crooked stuff. He just he's one make evil people right. So even with a bad attitude, God sees you righteous. And, and see, when, and, and when that thing get in you, good. like, I, there's no way I could keep living with a terrible attitude because God sees me righteous and God sees me upstanding. God sees me in light of how he sees himself. And, 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 and then what you start doing, you start living in agreement, you'll start loving what he loves and hating what he hates. So since God don't like a bad attitude, I don't either because I'm living, I'm living in agreement with him. Now, let's go to James. Uh, Give me verses 17 and 18 first. Again, this is often taken out of context in an attempt to create a works-based system of righteousness, which we have just seen is contrary to Scripture. Now, let me say this, and you can write this down, down. James is not saying... That our works make us righteous before God, but that real saving faith is demonstrated. Watch this by good deeds, good good works. That's what it means. He said, if you're saved for real, there's going to be a demonstration through your actions, being that you're going to love like He loves, you're going to walk like He walked, you're going to talk like He talked. You, you so so it's it's. A demonstration through your deeds. So you're going to see the fruit of Holy, uh, uh, the fruit of the spirit, not fruits, but fruit. You're going to see those characteristics of manifestations of what love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, kindness. Are you here? So what James is saying is that if you're saved for real, then we will know by your good deeds, not you trying to do things to establish a rightness with God. That's not, that's not what he's saying. Then he, watch this. Understand this. I want you to write this down. Works or good deeds are not the cause of salvation. Well, how can you say we just seen, sir? You're saved by grace through faith, not by works. Listen to me man some So works or good deeds are not the cause of salvation. Works or good deeds are the evidence of salvation. And faith in Christ will always result in you doing good things. That's what he's saying. So right here in verse 17, 18, let me read it. Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is what? Dead. Dead. But someone out, someone would say, "You have faith, and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I'll show you, and I will show you my faith by my works." James, right here, James is speaking against those who confuse, watch this, mere in, intellectual assent with true faith. So he's arguing against those who are just self-satisfied with saying they're Christians but aren't producing it by good deeds. That's what he's arguing against. So he's saying, man, if you're really a Christian, then there should be some, you, you should mimic, your life should look like Christ. You just can't just, in, in other words, you are nominal if you're just saved in name only. Only yes, sir. Yes, sir. There should be a distinction. Be a distinction. Yes, so in verse 17 and 18, he's emphasizing the point that genuine faith in Christ will produce a changed life of good works or good deeds. Who's getting this? Now, verse, verses 20 through 26. I'm, I'm not... Thank you for your patience. Let me... I'm, we're almost done. But, but I want you to get this because s- someone will... T- 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 I always go back and contort scripture. Now, faith without works... It, and, we, and we've seen more scriptures than we can name that you're not justified by your own efforts. So James is not talking about a work-based self-righteousness. James said saying, if you save we should see, your life should mimic that of Christ. Where are the good deeds? Are you here? But do you want to know, foolish man, that faith without works is what dead Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works faith was made what? Perfect. Keep going. Let me show you something. Let's look at this. And the scripture was fulfilled. Watch it. Which says Abraham. What did Abraham do? He believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Why? Because he believed God. And he was called a friend of God. Uh, he was called a friend of God. You see then that a man is justified what? By works and not faith only. Go ahead. 25 and 26 and I'm going to tell you what he's saying right here. Likewise was not Uh, Rahab, the harlot, also justified by what? Works. What was her works? Huh? Storing up messengers. See, that was a good deed. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is what? Also dead. So this is what James is saying. James is not saying that justification is by faith plus works. But rather that a person who is truly justified by faith, again, will have good works and deeds in his or her life. That's what he means by faith without works. No, he said if you are truly a believer, there should be some demonstration of good deeds, good activities, good works in your life. He's also saying if a believer, if a person claims to be a believer but has no good works in his or her life, then do they really have genuine faith in Christ at all? Faith without works is dead, because faith results in a new creation, not a repetition of the same old patterns of malfeasance or bad behavior or sinful behavior. So, in other words, again, he said, if you are truly f- saved, if you, if your faith is truly in Christ, we will know it by your good deeds, your lifestyle will be a reflection of it. Matter of fact, Paul informs us, let's go to Ephesians 2.10. Matter of fact, just look, the, the passage of Scripture I just gave you, don't just read them, beloved, study them. <laughs> study them. Again, he, he was talking to people who who, who felt like, that just, be, just having a relationship with Jesus was good enough. No, we know you have a relationship by your actions. You shall know a tree by the fruit it produces. For we are also in his workmanship, cried in Christ Jesus for what? Good works. Which Christ has, be, be, uh, which God prepared before him that we should walk therein. So he already prepared us to do what? Good deeds, good works. So Paul is not him and James aren't at odds, they're pretty much saying the same thing. Paul is saying you're justified by faith, not by works. And James is saying, if you're justified, then we'll know by your works. To to make it more plainly, at best, A life that's lived for Christ is very conspicuous. In other words, it's easily noticeable. It will attract attention. That's what he's saying. Huh? Let let me end with this. To to sum it up, these last several days, this is what we have learned about faith. And I want you to go back and watch all four videos. Number one, that New Testament faith or faith for the new creation in Christ is this. It's a faith that lives from the finished work of Jesus. It's God's divine persuasion. It's a faith that Jesus births and Completes. It's a faith that agrees with God, believes what God believes, and speaks what God speaks. It's a faith that receives based on its profession, not its performance. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to make a donation and support this ministry as we expand the kingdom of God,